Have you noticed the climate of our world today? People get offended over small things. In every area of our life, people are getting offended almost every day, especially you know, in the political arena, the educational arena, social and you know, social environment, the social uh, media, financial area. People just get offended. You know, people always look like they are just angry at anything. Today, what we're going to look at, we'll see Matthew recording a story of a Canaanite woman who chose, and I, I deliberately use the word chose. This woman, she chose not to be offended. She chose not to be discouraged. And finally, it paid great dividends for her persistence, her resistance to, uh, to being disappointed or being discouraged. It finally paid off. There is an area that I want us to look at uh, today. What we're going to focus on, it's a very interesting area uh, in the Bible. And what we're going to see uh, let's go to our map in the Bible. Like we said, the purpose of our Bible study is to make sure that we understand the Bible. We read the Bible and we understand the Bible. Now, if you look at this map here, down here we have Israel. We have Israel. And here we have Egypt. This is Africa, by the way. We have Egypt here. Now, Israel it's divided into two. There's the northern Israel and the southern part of Israel. The southern part of Israel is called the Judea area. That's where Jerusalem is. That's where Jerusalem is. And down here we have the Dead Sea. We have the Dead Sea. And then up here, this is the Sea of Galilee. This bulk water here is the Sea of Galilee. So in between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, they are connected by the River Jordan. In between, there's the River. Jordan. Jesus was born in this area, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem. It's about, about three or four miles uh, from Jerusalem. Very, very close to Jerusalem. That's where Jesus was born. That's where Jesus was born. But he spent most of his time, he did a lot of ministry in the northern part of Israel, the area that we call the Galilee area. This is the Sea of Galilee. In this area, that's where he spent a lot of his time. Actual Nazarene, the place where he, uh, he grew up. It's a very small town. It's somewhere here. Some of you who are going with us to Israel next time will get a chance to see these places that I'm talking about. And that's where Jesus, you know, grew up. That's why he spent most of his time here in the northern part of Israel. And most of his ministry was done in this Galilee area. When Jesus Christ came, he came for the Israelites. So this area here, the blue area here, is the Mediterranean Sea. You can see the Mediterranean Sea and this Cyprus island. And that's where we had a, a guy in the book of Acts called Barnabas. He came from Cyprus. And that's the first place where uh, you know, Barnabas and, and Paul, that's the, the first place where they went for their first mission trip. And we'll talk about that sometimes when we get a chance. But Cyprus, that's where he came from. Actually, John Mark, his mother came from Cyprus also. Uh, John Mark, the one who wrote the book of Mark. 
Now, this is Egypt here with the Mediterranean Sea in this area here. Now, I want you to look at this area, Lebanon. Lebanon. Lebanon was part of what they call Canaan. That's why the woman that we're going to talk about today, she came from this area and we call her the Canaanite woman, the Canaanite woman. So there are two cities or two towns that we're going to look at here, Tyra and Sidon. Tyra and Sidon, they are outside Israel. And this is very important. This is a key, especially for tonight's Bible study. They, were, they, they are outside Israel. When Jesus came, he spent most of his time in Israel. His ministry was focusing on Israel. And it's only recorded once that he left Israel. I think that's the only time that Jesus left Israel. Well, the other time, it was when he was still young, when he was uh, about a few uh, weeks born, and he had to run to Egypt. That is the only time that we, we learn about Jesus moving outside Israel. But the rest of his ministry was in Israel. And today we see him for the first time in this area called Tyre and Sidon. He ministered in this area in Tyre and Sidon. Actually, he went there for, for a vacation, if you would. Mark reported as Jesus went there to get some rest. So that's what we, uh, we're going to see today. That's what we're going to focus on uh, today. So it's very important that you remember this map as we, as we read our scripture for, uh, for today. That's what we're going to focus on uh, in, our, in our lesson for today. So let's look at some few things that we uh, are going to look at. Another thing that I said, I want us to look at is the area, the Tyre and the Sidon area. Those were what we call the Gentile cities. Why do you call them Gentile? Gentile is any, anyone who's not a Jew. Let me put it this way. Anyone who's not an Israelite, if I were to be correct. Anyone who's not an Israelite, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Gentile. It's a Gentile. So these cities were in the Gentile region in Lebanon. Tyra is a modern Arabic name. It's called Su, S-U-R, Su. It's still there. The city is still there even today. It's in the Mediterranean coast of southern Lebanon, like I showed you in the, uh, I showed you in the, uh, in the map. So it's about 12 miles or so, or 19 kilometers north of the border of Israel. So Jesus. Uh, he traveled for about 19 kilometers outside Israel, which is about 12 miles or so. And Sidon, it's in the northern part. Also, it was, I mean, Sidon is a Greek name, which means fishery. So in that area, like you have seen, it's very close to the ocean. So they did a lot of fishing in that area. Now, what you see here is when Jesus came, like I said, he came for the Israelites only among the Jewish community. So his ministry was focusing more on the children of Israel. And that is the reason why we are going to read in Matthew chapter 12. He said, I have come or I came only, uh, I was sent only to the Israelites. And that is the key that I want us to focus on today. So one day Jesus moved outside the Jewish community territory. And he spent some time in Tyre and Sidon. And that's where we pick up the story uh, from. And I want us to look at that story uh, for now. And let me share my screen with you so we can go there and pick up our story. Our story today is from the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 from verse 21. That's where we, uh, we are reading uh, from today. 
Then Jesus left Galilee. Like I showed you on the map. He left Galilee and he went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. I showed you on the map where that is found. Verse 22. A Gentile woman, in other words, she was not a Jew. She was not an Israelite. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. This is very important. We're going to spend some time on this verse, this verse, verse 23. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to, the, I mean, to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Now you understand what, why, what he meant uh, by this statement. Jesus was focusing on the southern part, that's uh, on Israel, not on the northern part, the Gentile area. Verse 25. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Now, verse 28, it's a key verse for this uh, part of scripture. Verse 28 says, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Her daughter was instantly healed. Now here we see a woman who was desperate for the healing of her daughter. Just like any other mother that you can think of. I mean, if you are a mother, you, you will resonate, this will resonate with you. She did everything that she could to help her daughter, to help her heal. And I'm sure she, she took every advice that she could get. She took her daughter to every doctor that she would know and every place where she thought she could get some help. And, and unfortunately, nobody helped her. And at that time of her disparation, word went out. It, 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 it just, you know, went viral. That there is Jesus who heals. And they said to say, this Jesus, he healed a woman who had an issue of blood. This Jesus, the other time he stopped a funeral. Jairus' daughter was, was raised from the dead. This Jesus, he heals the blind. This Jesus is an Israelite, he's a Jew, he heals. And everybody knew about Jesus, but they could not cross the border to go to the south to get their healing. And word went out that that Jesus is around town. Jesus has visited our area. And this woman, she was a Canaanite, she was from a different, uh, a different, background, if you will, the different uh, 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 area, different city, different nationality, different culture. She was not a Jew. And another thing is she was a woman. And in that culture, there's no way a woman could come 
closer to a man. So there was a long-standing hatred also. Very, very, I mean, long traditional hatred and mistrust between these two groups, the Jews and the Canaanites. They could not see eye to eye. But they heard that this Jew, Jesus, has come to our area. And this woman, she approached Jesus. It took so much courage. I'm trying to show you how much courage it took for this woman to break all the protocols, to break all the traditions and the culture. And she went straight to Jesus. And the Bible says she started to cry in front of all these people, Jews and non-Jews, Jesus and his disciples. She came to Jesus. Even though it was totally a different culture, it was unacceptable what she did. It must have been humiliating to her and not even to the people who knew her. I mean, there's nothing that people won't do to get some help when their child is in pain. Disparate situations call for disparate actions sometimes. When people are disparate, they can do anything. When people are disparate, they can break protocol. When people are disparate, they don't care about the culture. They don't care about traditions because they are disparate. Some of you are doing things that are outside your culture, maybe outside your tradition of your church. Maybe in your church, you don't even visit other churches because that's part of your culture. I remember when we were still young, the Assemblies of God, when, you, when you're a member of the Assemblies of God, when you, when you visited another church, they will call you the Varluos. You lost the truth. You can't visit another church. You'll go and, and, and get some spirits from outside. So they will stop you from visiting other churches. Some of you are joining this Bible study. It's against the culture and the tradition of your church. But because you need some help, you feel I have to be part of this. I can't miss this. When you're disparate, you break all the protocols. Some of you are doing things that you know very well you should not do. But because you're disparate, you do it. And I'm talking about both in the positive way and also in the negative way. You are doing it because you are frustrated. Some of you, you are living in sin because of, the, because of desperation, because of frustration, because you don't have money, because you don't have a job. This mother has a daughter who is sick. She did, she, she did everything that she could in her country and she could not get help. Unfortunately, the person who can heal her daughter is from a different nationality, different religion. Because these guys, this, this Canaanite, they did not believe in God. They had their own many gods that they believed in. So Jesus was from a different belief system, if you will. Was of a different color skin, different culture. But she approached him because he needed some help. There are a few things that happened in this situation. That would have offended her or discouraged her. First of all, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus heard when she was speaking, when she was asking for help, when she was crying for help, but he did not respond. He kept quiet. He did not even say a word. Then the disciples came also. They said, can you tell this woman to go out, go away, to leave us alone? She's making noise. Jesus, he finally said to her, Woman, I have come to the lost ship of Israel. I didn't come to the Gentiles. And, and she kept on 
crying, kept on asking for help. And Jesus finally said something. He said, it is not good for me to take the, the children's bread and throw it into the little dogs. Because the Jews at that time, they used to call the Canaanites dogs. They would, call, they would call them wild dogs or evil men. I'm sure that you know, during, during a conversation with Jesus, you know, that there were some times where her pride was telling her to quit, was telling her to leave this man because he's not going to get any help. But there was something that Jesus said to her that she noticed. She noticed that Jesus didn't call her a wild dog. But he used a different word. He used a pet dog. The Greek word for that is kunarion. Kunarion, it means a pet dog. It means a pet dog. So Jesus used a different word than what the other Israelites, the other Jews will use. And this word, kunarion, it's only used in this story. And it means you know, the word that Jesus used is a word that means a small puppy, a small dog, a small dog. And that is the word that Jesus used. Like I said, it's only found in this passage. And she responded, even the pet dogs, just imagine a pet dog. We get some scraps that fall from the master's table. It was then that Jesus said to, to this lady, oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. He says, I have not seen this great faith even in Israel. Let it be that your desires are granted. And the Bible says immediately, her daughter got healed from that hour. Now you see, when this woman remained unoffended, she finally received a miracle. She was disappointed, but she never got discouraged. She continued. Even when she had all the reasons, I mean, if it was you and me, she had all the reasons to stay offended. She had all the reasons to quit. But she did not allow her emotions to take over. Her miracle was just on the other side of not being offended, of not being discouraged. And this is a great lesson for us. If we can control our pride, if we can control our emotions and allow God to help us remain unoffended, we will see God do great things in our lives. And I want to encourage you to take a step back and tone down your anger Tone down your tongue. Tone down your being offended. Do not allow your anger to stop you from receiving from God. Because as long as you remain angry, as long as you remain bitter, that is blocking your, your prayers. It's blocking you from receiving from God. This woman, she did not allow any offense. She did not allow any anger. She did not allow any disappointments to stop her from believing. She was not discouraged by any situation. And she finally got and received her request.
Now, before we close, I have some few lessons that I want us to learn from this situation. The first lesson is God cares about your emotional healing. Jesus knew her background very well, but he reached out to her. And he knew that she has, a, she has a need. And Jesus went out to reach out to her. He went out of his way to reach out to the Gentiles region for the sake of this woman. This woman was a Gentile, but Jesus reached out to minister to her place also. Your background does not determine your future. You may not be from a good background, but it does not mean Jesus will not reach out to you. She did not allow any form of offense to discourage her or to send her away. Because some people do not receive from God because they get easily offended. And they give up so quickly. They give up so quickly. They are so short-tempered. She knew that the main focus was the healing of her daughter. And she will not allow her emotions to take over. God wants you to be healed. No matter where you are, no matter where you come from, no matter your background or the origin of your emotional pain. Let me say this to you, my brother. Let me say this to you, my sister. Your tomorrow is greater than today. Your tomorrow is greater than today. The second lesson that we see here is you should have the right belief system. This woman, she was a Canaanite, but something interesting about her, she, she had the right belief system about Jesus. This Canaanite woman, she knew that Jesus is the son of David. She identified him as the Messiah. She identified him correctly. It's very interesting that they, you know, when you go down south in Israel, some of the priests, they will not accept Jesus. They rejected Jesus because he called himself the Messiah. And they will reject him because of that. But with this woman, she had the right belief system about Jesus. There's a lot of misinformation about Jesus today. And the question is, who is Jesus to you? We should have the right concept of Jesus in our lives. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our protector. He's our deliverer. He's God above everything. He's above everything that you're going through right now in your life. That's who Jesus is. He loves you to death. He loves you to death. And Jesus loves you and he will never change. There's nothing that you can do that will make Jesus not love you. Jesus will never unlove you. He will continue to love you. Jesus' love for you is unconditional. Another lesson that we learn is do not be offended by silent treatment. The Bible says when she went to Jesus, Jesus kept quiet. He did not speak to her. The first time when she approached Jesus, he did not respond to her. And one thing that we learn about it, she did not give up. She did not get offended by Jesus' silence, by Jesus ignoring her. You know, sometimes people that you live with will ignore you. And some may not even talk to you. But this woman, she did not give up just because somebody gave her a silent treatment. You need to be strong like this woman. She did not get offended by his silence. And maybe 
as I'm speaking right now, I don't know what you're going through in your life. Maybe you've been praying for something in your life. Maybe you've been like Paul. You have a thorn in your flesh. There is something that you have been praying for for months, maybe for years. Maybe you have praying for a job, maybe praying for your child. Maybe you have been praying for something. Something is bothering you as a Christian. And you have been praying, you have been fasting. You, you responded to all the altar calls at all the conferences that you have attended, all the services that you have attended. But it looks like God is silent. It looks like Jesus is silent. It looks like God is silent. It looks like God is, is not responding. He's ignoring you. And let me say this to you. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. I don't know what pain that you're going through emotionally. It looks like healing is not coming forth. Let me continue to say to you, please don't get discouraged. Please don't lose hope. God knows what you're going through. And God knows what he will do about your situation. Sometimes we feel like God is delaying. We feel like God is taking time. We feel like God is taking longer than we would expect. Unfortunately, we can't hurry God. God always does things at the right time. God is never too early and he's never too late. Even in your situation, God knows what he will do about your child. God knows what he will do about your husband. God knows what he will do about your wife. God knows what he will do about your job. God knows what he will do about your financial situation. God knows what he will do about your career situation. God knows what he will do about you. Don't give up, my brother. Don't give up, my sister. This woman, she never gave up. No matter how much difficult it looked, no matter how, how, how painful it was, she never gave up. Something that, you know, always, when I read this story, it, it makes me to wonder what kind of a woman this was. When you continue, the Bible says his disciples, they wanted her to leave Jesus. They said, Jesus, can you tell this woman to leave? You know, she felt like she was rejected by her fellow man. If Jesus was the Messiah, yet the disciples, they also reject her. If it was today, we'll say you are rejected by your own fellow Christians. She did not get offended, even when they pushed her away. There are so many Christians who have been offended by fellow Christians today. Some of you stopped going to church because you are offended by Christians. Other Christians may have gossiped about you. Or they did not treat you right. Maybe it was not fair what they did to you. And I agree with you, it might not have been fair. Maybe they lied about you. Let me say this to you. Do not allow the feeling of offense overcome you. And you leave your faith, you leave your church, you leave your Christianity because of another human being. Today there's a concept, a popular concept. They call it church hurt. Church hurt. There are so many people who have been hurt in church and they decided to leave church. They decided to leave Christianity. Many people leave church because they have been hurt. You know, it's very interesting. Every time I talk about this concept, actually in my video that I'm talking about uh, when I was interviewed on, the, on TV, I talked about this concept also. It is very interesting that other people hurt you, but you do not leave them. People at your job, your manager, your boss, 
your director, your supervisor, they hurt you, they offend you every day. But the next day you wake up and still go back to the same job. Your colleagues, they offend you every day, but you go back to the same environment. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your neighbor, they hurt you every day. They speak bad things about you, but you keep on greeting them, you keep on talking to them. But if it's a church people, if it's a church people, you just give up and leave God, leave Christianity. It is such a shame if you can say, I left Christianity because of another human being, because of another person, because of what so-and-so did, because of what my pastor did. Your pastor is not Jesus. Your pastor is not God. Your neighbor is not God. Your fellow Christian is not God. The person that you sing with in your choir, it's not, it's not God. It's not Jesus. Just because he offended you and he decided to leave Christianity. So many people have left, left Christianity and the only reason they give is because of what another human being has done. Sometimes you give up and live at the verge of your victory and breakthrough in life. Let me say this to you. Hold on and keep trusting God. Don't give up on God. He will never give up on you. This woman, she did not allow disappointments and offense of being rejected by, by the disciples of Jesus or other Christians to stop her from receiving the miracle from Jesus. Another, you know, lesson that we learn. Do not get offended by being wrongly identified. Jesus told her that he was sent only to the nation of the Jews, the Israelites, not to the Gentiles. In other words, you are the wrong target. I'm not here for you. But that did not offend him. You may be offended because you are identified as a person from a wrong race, being segregated. Maybe you're from a wrong tribe. Maybe you're from, you're from a wrong last name, wrong surname. Your, your surname is not popular. Nobody knows about it. Maybe you feel like you don't have enough qualifications. You're not of the right skin color. Maybe you are too dark. You are too light. You are too brownish. You are not of the right nationality. Maybe you, you, are, from, you are from a low poverty level. You are, you are from a, a poor background. You are from a wrong identity. Maybe you are from a wrong political party. They, they cannot hire you. They cannot give you a job because you are not from the right political party. Maybe you are from a wrong religion. You are a Christian. And in this environment, we don't care about your Christian. You feel like you are wrongly identified. And this is very common, even in the political arena, where everyone tries to be, to be politically correct. People try to please everyone. If you're not politically correct, they reject you. In today's world, when you stand for Christianity, when you stand for Christian values, they call you names. It's like you're from a, from a, from a foreign planet. They want, to, they want to convince you that you are backward. They want to convince you that you don't understand how the world works. When you stand against sin, they label you as a hater. They label you as a bigot. They, they, they give you all these kind of names. And the Bible says she stood by her faith and trusted that Jesus will heal her daughter. She was not offended by being identified as the wrong tribe. 
You are not a wrong person. You are a child of God. And let me say this. I will make this correction also. Sometimes if you feel like you, you, you don't have the right prayers before God. You feel like you don't have the right approach to God. Let me say this to you, my brother, my sister. You have the right to approach God at any time. God is your father. God is your father. Nobody is more saved than you. There are no, there are no levels of salvation. Don't, try to, don't be convinced by anybody who tries to, to, to show that you are not saved enough and they are more saved than you. It doesn't matter their titles, whether they are an elder, they are a doctor, they are a missionary, they are a pastor, they are a prophet, or they are, uh, they are a bishop or uh, archbishop or a uh, prophet, whatever they are, major prophet, minor prophet, it doesn't matter. All of us were saved the same, equally saved, equally saved. Whether somebody was saved 50 years ago and you were saved yesterday, all of us were equally saved. All of us were the same. We're children of God. You are a child of God. You have as much right to God as anybody who has been saved 45 years ago. You can approach God as your father. We may have different levels of spiritual maturity, but when it comes to salvation, all of us we are equally saved. Nobody is more saved than you. When you are a South African, nobody is more of a South African than you. When you are an American, nobody is more of an American than you. You are all you all have equal citizenship. All of you. We are all equally saved. You don't have to pay anyone to pray for you. You don't have to bribe anyone. You don't have to go on one on one and pay somebody thousands and thousands to to pray for you. Nobody has a backdoor access to heaven. Nobody has bad door access to Christ. No, there's no VIP in the kingdom. All of us are equally saved. Do not undermine the value of your prayers. When you pray, God listens to you. When I pray, God listens to me. When your pastor prays, God listens to him also. When, when your neighbor prays, God listens to her also. All of us have equal access to God. Whether you whisper, God listens to you. Whether you scream, God listens to you. Whether you shout when you pray, God listens to you. It is not, it's not the pitch of your voice that convinces God. It's not the pitch of your voice that determines the power of your prayer. You can pray with a low voice. You don't have to hear it as a shout. You can whisper a prayer to God. God listens to you. You can scream and shout. God listens to you. You can cry. God listens to you. It does not matter the pitch of your voice. It does not make a difference. God listens to you. Your prayer and faith is enough to have God answer your prayer. Tonight, go ahead and pray for your child. Go ahead and pray for your husband. Go ahead and pray for your wife. Go ahead and pray for whoever you need to pray for. Trust God and believe God that God listens to your prayers also. There are no people with special prayers in God, in God's kingdom. Nobody should convince you. Nobody should convince you that they have, you, have, you have to depend on their prayers. No, no, no. You are not a wrong race. You are not a wrong Christian. Your prayers are as powerful as my, as my prayers. Your prayers are as powerful as your pastor's prayers. Your prayers are as, as much powerful as your prophet's prayers. Your prayers are not weak. There are no prayers that can be prayed by special people. 
There are no prayer specialists. Let me repeat this. There are no prayer specialists. God listens to all of us when we pray. And God listens to you when you pray. I want you to have that confidence in your prayer. To believe that your prayer is enough. Don't be wrongly identified. Don't be wrongly classified as if your prayers are weaker than somebody else's prayers. No, I'm talking about you tonight. Your prayers are strong enough to be answered by God. One other thing is, before we go close, do not stop worshiping God. Instead of getting offended, she started worshiping God. She started worshiping Jesus. The Bible says she worshiped Jesus. She did not resort to being offended. She resorted to worship. You should worship God even in the midst of your need. You know, I sometimes wonder how many of us can still worship God in the midst of, of, of our disappointments. God does not have to perform to deserve your worship. Don't worship God because he did something for you. Worship God because of who he is. He does not have to perform. He does not have to do anything for you to worship him. He does not have to perform anything to deserve your worship. Your worship should not depend on your moods. We worship God when things go well for us. And we worship God even when things do not go well. We worship God when he answers our prayers. We also worship God even when he does not answer our prayers. You hear this lady, she continued to worship Jesus even when her prayers were not answered. Sometimes our victory is in our worship. And sometimes you can worship and still not have your victories. But don't stop worshiping God. We should worship God even before we receive the answers to our prayers. We should worship God and recognize God even when things are not going well for us. We should recognize that God does not follow a particular formula. Three steps to your answer to, to the answer to your prayer. No, no, it does not work like that. God does not follow the 12 steps, the three steps, the five steps. No, God can answer your prayers anyhow. You don't have to follow any particular steps. And nobody should convince you that, oh, you missed one step. That's why God is not answering your prayers. No, no, no. God listens to your prayers. When you close your eyes and pray to God, open your eyes and pray to God, in your closet and pray to God, whether you are driving and pray to God, whether you are sleeping and pray to God, when you are sitting and pray to God, God listens to you. Even in the midst of the party, you can still pray for pray to God. Even in the midst of a game at the stadium, you can still pray to God. In the midst of the, of the crowds, of the noise, you can still pray to God and God will listen to your prayers. God will still listen to your prayers. She did not get discouraged just because Jesus did not heal her daughter. She kept on pressing. Some Christians, they got offended when they, when they, they do not get everything that they need from God. And you have followed all the steps that your pastor told you to follow. Your pastor is convinced that you have to follow a particular step or a particular sequence of, of, of events or things so that God can heal you. you know, some Christians do what I call, I call it a bribe worship. Bribe worship. You know what is bribe worship? You try to bribe God through worship. And sometimes I cannot blame you. Maybe your pastor told you that. That if you worship God, God will answer your prayers. Who told you that? Who told you that? What happens when you worship God? Because you want God to do something for you, and still he does not do it. Still he does not uh, answer your prayer. What do you do? You just give up? Some Christians, they do worship. 
They read the scriptures, they fast and pray, they tithe and do everything that they are advised to do with the hope that God will, will be bribed. You can't bribe God. You do things because you love God, not because you're trying to bribe God. You give because you, you love God. You fast because you, you love God. You pray because you love God. You tithe because you love God. You do it out of love, not out of bribe. Don't try to bribe God. Don't try to bribe God. You go there with, God, with the hope of exchange that God will, God will give you something. No, no. God does not worry. He doesn't play that game. He doesn't play that. Worship God because you love him. Give to your church. Give to your partner because you love God. This woman did not get offended. Even when she followed all the formula, she worshiped God, she did everything that she was told to do, but still Jesus did not answer. Refuse to be offended by insults. When Jesus said, I can't give the food of the children to the dogs, she refused to be offended by wrong identity. She did not get offended. She did not give up. She did not leave just because she was insulted. Most of us, we get offended by insults. Do not allow people who insult you to discourage you. Some people will do everything possible to discourage you. Don't allow people to discourage you. Remember, our battle is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. Every human being that you see is not your enemy. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. Our real enemy who hates us with passion is a devil, is Satan himself. That is your real enemy. The devil will convince you that your real enemy is your neighbor, is your colleague, is your church member, is your schoolmate. No, those are not your enemies. They are being used by the devil. Human beings are not your enemies. There's a spirit behind them. That's why they behave the way they do. That's why they treat you the way they do. The devil is your real enemy and he will drag you to the flesh. He drags you to the flesh level and if you fight your battles in the flesh, you are going to lose that battle. This is a strategy, brothers and sisters. It's a strategy that the devil always uses. Please don't allow the devil to bring you to that level. Never give up. Never lose hope. She touched Jesus. When she said, Jesus, even the dogs, they are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. She never wavered. She never gave up. Her faith was very strong. Her faith was never shaken. She said the dogs will eat leftovers and scraps. Whatever the owner eats, the dog will also eat. What you are saying is that when the Jews receive their healing, I also will receive my healing. I refuse to be rejected. When they get their victory, I also will get my victory. I do not give up, Jesus. I do not allow any offense in my life. I do not want to get discouraged in my life. No matter what kind of offense or disappointment, it will not get into me. She refused. I'm refusing because I'm focusing on the healing of my daughter. I have no time for petty issues. I have no time for bitterness. I have no time for anger. I have no time. I need 
my daughter to be healed. And finally, the Bible says her daughter was healed. When Jesus said, woman, you have very strong faith. He says, even in Israel, I have not seen this strong faith. Because she never got offended by Jesus. She never got offended by people, by Christians, by the apostles. She never got offended by words. She never got offended by insults. I mean, what for? What, what more could, could offend her? What more could discourage her? She, she never got offended by rejection. And her daughter was ultimately healed. The strength of your faith is shown on how easily you get offended. Offense is a test for your faith. Please pass that test. The strength of your faith is not shown by how much you shout. The strength of your faith is not shown by how much you scream. The, faith, the, the strength of your faith is shown by how resistant are you to offense and discouragement. Don't get discouraged. Do not lose hope. Do not give up. The level of your faith is equal to the level of your resistance to offense. When you resist offense, in spite of the situation, you believe that God knows why you allowed this situation to happen. God knows why things did not go as you expected. You trust God and you allow him to lead you. Your faith is great when you resist discouragements. Her daughter was healed. Because he resisted this discouragement. After resisting discouragement, her daughter received the healing immediately. As long as you stay offended, as long as you stay discouraged, you are blocking your own prayers. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to stay encouraged. Don't get discouraged by situations. This woman made strength out of her faith. She didn't allow any offense to discourage her. Offenses and being offended will always come. But don't allow that. Jesus said something in Luke chapter 17 verse 1. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17 verse 1, he said, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus knew that people were going to offend us. Jesus knew sometimes we'll get offended because God did not answer our prayers. Let me say this to you as we're going to close. What you have learned today is that God cares for you. God wants you to be healed. God cares about your emotional healing. Number two, you should have the right belief systems. Believe the right things about God. Number three, do not be offended by silent treatment. Do not be offended by silent treatment. Number four, do not get offended by being wrongly identified. Number five, do not worship God with conditions. Number six, refuse to be offended by insults. Never give up or lose hope. Faith shields us from offense. Disappointed, but not discouraged. 
And it's my prayer today that no matter how much disappointments come into your life, people will disappoint you. People that you trust will disappoint you. Your pastors will disappoint you. Your friends will disappoint you. But don't give up. Keep trusting God and believe that God has for you. Let's pray.